just over there. It's not that far away. I'm glad the Lord is so close. Page 120. We'll change it. Slow it down. I have some men at work that I work with. Different ones of them. Uh, you wouldn't know it, but if, if things, if somebody gets sick with cancer or something happens or something else happens, you know, they want to lean toward getting religious and they'll talk about God, yeah. prayer, and all, you know, and you think, man, but I never hear him say Jesus. Yes. I'm thinking, what in the world? Yes. Particularly one of them is a what I call a cultural, institutionalized, distant Muslim. Uh, yes. I mean, he's, he was incarcerated for a long time, got out, and he's, uh, he's there every day. He works six days a week, many hours. And he'll go off into some stuff sometime. I think, what are you saying on the radio like that for? And then, then if the boss man calls, on the radio, he'll say, yeah, man, yeah. We, he act like he's ready to pray. And, yeah, we thank you for all this, you know. I'm thinking, now, wait a minute. Yeah. Out of the same fountain comes... Yes. Well, I'm glad I know Jesus. Yes, that's right. <laughs> God the Son. Yes. <laughs>
looking to see. I'm so glad you come looking for me. And then that mercy rewrote my life. I wish I knew that song. It would be wonderful to sing. Page 212. It is in all of the stuff that we're facing and going through. I hope we get through it. Uh, I know we will, the Lord helping us, but there's no time to retreat or pull over to the side. It's time to stand tall. Stay on the fire line.
soldier he can trust. I sure want him to be able to trust me. Anyone have a special prayer need this evening? I know we need to remember Brother Jackie. Yes, sir. Zila. Um, they can't, they uh, say he's got double pneumonia. And so please continue to pray for him. Uh, they, He is doing better. I think they put him on some antibiotics uh, a couple days ago. And so he's doing better. And so we'll remember him in prayer. Also, if you would remember the Barnes family. Uh, and also, uh, would remember my father-in-law and if y'all would pray please pray that he will come to his own self and come and he, he's back working Eight, how old is he Teresa 80 82 he don't need to be out there working so much right now but if you would pray that he'll come back in also uh, Ricky came home with a fever this afternoon so please remember him in prayer and uh, uh, also, uh, Rebecca is supposed to go in for that knee procedure tomorrow at 8 a.m. If any of you feel froggy and might want to volunteer to help take her over there, probably be a four-hour procedure and bring her back home. Uh, if you're interested, that would be a nice thing to do. Uh, Diane called and said that... Uh, she started running fever two days ago, and so they went. She went and was tested today. So please remember her. her Close. Big answer. Uh, yes, he better. Yes, 
Let's remember these needs. Let's find our place to pray. Let's go. Oh, 
tells me to do. Uh, but you know, the Lord reminded me uh, while I was singing this song. Several years ago, I was probably about Bridget's age. I had two kids then. And they told me they were uh, very, very sure that I had cancer. Um, pretty sure I was eating up. Uh, and you know, we didn't have any insurance. You ever been there? And it was either, you know, go through all the treatments and start all of that with two little boys. The Lord was reminding me while I was singing this song. And uh, I was praying about it. I said, I'm ready to die. I feel like I'm ready to go. I'll just ask you to get my boys a good mama. You ever been there? <laughs>
America, we're skeptics. We're called to trust Him. And when we learn to fully trust the Lord, things will change in that relationship. It'll change. It won't be the same. Be able to trust. I don't know how your parents were, but whenever I was tired, I could go lay down in my parents' arms. I trust them. Never had them stick nothing in my nose while I was trying to sleep or anything like that. I could trust them. You know? They wouldn't do a bad trick to me. It's all going to be good. That's the way the Lord is. We can trust Him. And in the worst of circumstances, we can trust Him. In a pandemic, in a, in a, I don't know what to call this that we're in now in America. I'm not terribly old, but even the old timers I've talked to, they've never seen anything like this. But we can trust Him. Amen. Not because we feel like the government will pull us out or anything like that, but we know our Lord. He said He would never leave us nor forsake us. Amen. I appreciate Him. Appreciate so much. Appreciate all of you being here. So good in having Laura and her daughter. Mallory. Natalie. Uh, I'll get it someday. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Well, we're good. Glad to have them. Good having uh, Brother Steve with us, and of course our regulars. And I uh, appreciate y'all. Just need to get in. See what God's got for us here tonight. You know, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We do not. But you know what? I know who holds tomorrow. And I know that He'll take care of us. Uh, Brother Caleb, if you would come receive our. Wednesday night offering, and uh, and we're going to see what God's got for us. Teresa, do you have another song? Amen. Go ahead, Brother Amen. Brother Todd, how about uh, relay that, that testimony that you got from the lodge yesterday for us? We know. We went, well, actually, Teresa, we were over there talking to her about some, about some things about the ministry. And uh, she suggested we go back during the week. And I thought that was a great idea. I wish I thought of it, but I didn't. So, so Saturday, we went out there, and we got to preach and, and talk to some people, you know, the gospel. And um, we really had a good response by one of the ladies. I believe her name is Elena. She wanted to pray. She wanted to get saved. You know, we was out there. We were singing songs. We was preaching. You could feel the Lord out there. It was really great. And um, so we went back out there yesterday? Yes. We went back out there yesterday. And she, um, she's the first person we saw when we pulled up. And she had the biggest grin of, uh, on her face. She ain't got no front teeth. She's just, she, who is she is who she is. Yeah. She came up to us and she was like, um, she said, I got to tell y'all something. Come over here in the shade because it was 100 degrees. And when we got over there, she started smiling. She said this, as, bad, as loud as she could and as proud as she could. She said, I ain't smoked crack in three days. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Because of Jesus. That's I right. Three days. And then I start, I start thinking, and some of you know me, so my, my things in my head, you know, I, I make them huge. So I go out there and I expect in a month half the, half the group to be saved and yeah. feel the Holy Ghost and save people walk around everywhere and tell their story. That's just the way I think. But I can ju just imagine like other people coming up to me, you know, I haven't sold crack in five days. Yeah. I haven't sold crack since a month since yeah. I've preached out here. Because of Jesus, you know, I haven't drank in six Right. Days. Because of Jesus, you know, I haven't been met for five years. Right. And so many other of us, you know, it's because of Jesus. That's right. Because of Jesus. Right. It's amazing. You know, I was in here today praying, and I was praying, I, I threw out 30 names in my head for just us to worship with boldness. Yes. Don't worry about how hard work was today. Oh, uh, yeah. Just worship Jesus with boldness. Yes. Bold with our worship. That's what I prayed about. I called out 30 names. There ain't even 30 people in here. So yeah. you can imagine, I probably called your name. So let's just really worship yes. and thank God for what He's done for us. And even in our lives individually, He's been amazing and great to all of us. Amen. Thank the Lord.
Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. I appreciate His presence. Uh, it's so important to have His presence. Amen. Amen. Uh, I ask Brother Jamie to come preach for us tonight. So we want him to come, obey the Lord, and I do appreciate him, appreciate his life. Amen. So come on, Brother Jamie. Don't start too fast. I got you. I've got a lot to preach, so I'm going to try to hurry. Um, he didn't give me a time limit, but still, I know attention spans go. So. But I feel led to, to talk to you about something, and I, I was going to try to say it a little later, but I guess I'll go ahead and say it now. There will come a time when the true worshipers shall worship God in spirit and in truth. I would like to take a moment, just for a moment before I start preaching, to talk about what spirit is. We used to go to school at a, a little Christian school, and we'd have something called pep rallies. We'd go into the into the uh, into the gymnasium, and one side I'm not I'm gonna try not to come down here. One side would get over here on this side, and the other side would get over here on the gymnasium, and they'd say, "Show me your spirit." It was not the spirit. That's not what the Bible says. It doesn't say that they'll worship God in the spirit. It says they will worship. God in spirit and in truth. I want you to hear me out just for a little while. We would go to that pep rally and we'd get little little bottles and we'd fill them up with beads and we'd shake them. We'd shake them. We'd, we'd get down on the side. Excuse me, boys. We'd get down and we'd do. trying to see who would be the loudest. We were trying to see who had the most spirit. So I'd like to invite you just for a moment. Will you show God how much spirit, hallelujah, that you have? Why don't we show God that we can worship God? It's got to be in sincerity. It's got to be in truth. But the devil wants to put us in a box. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have your Bibles, please stand and turn with me to the book of Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon. Now when I say that book, maybe some of you says, you cringe. But Song of Solomon is not just a, a, it's not a perverted book at all. It's not just talking about, you know, sexual things and whatnot. This is a precious book. To quote one man, if I go a little fast, you have to slow down. I'm sorry, I'm a little bad of breath. But quote one man, he said, nowhere in the Bible, Amen. I may get a little wrong. Nowhere in the Bible does the unspiritual mind tread upon ground so sacred as that of the Song of Solomon. Nowhere in the Bible. This is a precious book. This is talking about Christ and His bride. Amen. Hallelujah. Song of Solomon chapter 3 and verse 1. Please say amen when you have it. So I may amen. Alright. Hallelujah. 
It says, By night on my bed I sought Him, whom my soul loveth. I sought Him, but I found Him not. Mark that, please. She sought Him in the bed, but she did not find the One whom her soul loved in the bed. Alright? Verse 2, I will rise now. This is her talking. The bride. I will rise now and go about the city and the streets. And in the broad ways I will seek Him whom my soul loveth. I sought Him, but I found Him not. Before I move on, uh, the commentators, I know you're standing, if you have to sit down, it's fine. But it, the commentators will say, well, this was a dream and whatnot or the other. And maybe it was. It doesn't change much of what I'm going to preach. But to me, it just doesn't seem like a dream. Right. It seems like she's in her bed. Have you ever done this before? She seems like she's in her bed. She throws her arm over the other side of the bed and she's looking for him. Where's he at? Yes. He must have went to the bathroom or something. Yes. She's looking for him. But while she was in her bed, though she sought him half asleep, she never found him in her bed. Catch that. Verse 3, the watchmen that go about the city found me, to whom I said, Saw ye him whom my soul loveth? Verse 4, it was but a little while, a little that I passed from them, but I found him whom my soul loveth. I held him and would not let him go. Let's stop there. Uh, I would like to preach on a message that I've had before we went into quarantine. Brother Jeff, you asked me and I just I already knew this. Go ahead. It's time to get out. Of the bed. Yeah. That's what I'd like to preach. Yeah. Now, this is not a just if for those that's listening on Mixler, I'm not talking about a bit of quarantine. All right, you go ahead and obey the Lord if that's what He's telling you. But I'm just not intentionally talking about that. And I'm going to get into that in a little while. But I'd like to preach on it's time, not tomorrow, but today it's time to get out of the bed. Before you sit down, will you raise your hands towards this way and ask the Lord to help us? Oh, Father, I thank You, Lord. I thank You, Lord. God, will You help us, Jesus? Lord, will You help us today, Lord? Will You let the anointing come down, Father? Lord, will You help me to get out of the way, Lord, that they don't see me, Lord, that they see You today, Lord? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. You may be seated. Thank You very much for standing. Amen. Get a little it's time to get out of the bed. Though she sought him in her bed, she never did find him in her bed. She had to get out of the bed. And I'm preaching to you, it's time now to get out of the bed. In the Bible, we have two, man, two men named John. In the New Testament, there was two men named John. There was a John the Revelator. Now that was the one that wrote, and I say the wrote, really the Lord wrote it, but he penned down the book of Revelation. And he wrote all through the book of Revelation about the revelation that the Lord gave him of Jesus Christ. He wrote down 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Amen. This was the John the Revelator at the Last Supper, at the Last Supper, excuse me, that he, he leaned on the breast of Jesus Christ. And he was so close to Jesus. Y'all ever know them saints that you could go right up to them and you say, hey, ask him a question for me. While you're that close to him, ask him a question. And they go and ask the Lord a question. And they come back to you with the answer for your question that they asked him. That's what John did. 
Peter said, hey, John, ask him who it is that will betray him. And John said, Lord, who is it that will betray thee? And he, he, he looked at, I guess he looked at John, and he answered John's Peter's question through John. He was so close to Jesus. I want to be that close to Jesus that other people will have confidence in my life and they'll have confidence in my prayers that I'm that close. But tonight, I'd like to preach to you a little while about a man named John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist was one that preached out in the wilderness. They went out into the wilderness that seemed to start to hear him preach. He was, if I can say it this way, he was filled with the Holy Ghost at a young age. Now, young people, I want you to hear me just for a little while. The, the, the world's trying to pull you. He's trying to tell you there's so many things out here. Why don't you just come out here? And they're saying, no, you can't get saved at a young age. You can't get sanctified at a young age. You can't get filled with the Holy Ghost at a young age. You say 10's too young. 6 is too young. 4's too young. You say, well, 4's way too young to get the Holy Ghost. But listen, John the Baptist was in his mother's womb when he got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm not trying to be charismatic. I'm not trying to be fanatical in any way. But it is the Word of God. And it is what happened. Don't look at your children and think it will never happen. They can't get full of the Holy Ghost. Might as well just let them go on the back pew. Amen. And play their games. Amen. And text others. Amen. And talk during church. But I'm telling you, we might as well. Amen. Believe God that they can come to the altar and they can get saved and they can get the Holy Ghost. It's possible. This man, John the Baptist, he was one that got the Holy Ghost while he was very young. But there were some things while he was in the wilderness. Y'all remember? Kids, y'all remember what he ate for lunch? Anybody remember? He ate locusts. Locusts, that's the weird one. Locusts and wild honey. Amen. I'm telling you, this was a man's man. Amen. This wasn't no sissified man. Amen. This wasn't no invertebrate jellyfish. I'm telling you, God's looking for somebody in these last days that'll stand up in these last days. He said, who shall stand up for me? Amen. He's looking for not an invertebrate. He's not looking for a sissified man. But He's looking for somebody to stand up. Amen. And to preach the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And I would like to tell you, if you are, He's wanting to make you a man's man. Amen. John the Baptist preached a few things while he was in the wilderness. He preached like them old timers, Brother Jeff, used to preach. When they got up, they'd say, I'm glad I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what he preached. He preached repentance. He preached prepare ye the way of the Lord. And he preached there's one among you, amen, whom you know not. And he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. There's my three points. Amen. It's alright. I'll come back to each and every one of them. But John the Baptist, number one, he preached repentance. Remember through this I am preaching to you. It's time to get out of the bed. Amen. You've been in the bed too long. You've been in your bed of complacency way too long. I don't care if it's been a year. I don't care if it's been a day. You've been in your bed too long and it's time to get out of the bed. The first thing he preached was repentance. Repentance is not just coming down to the altar and making a profession of faith. Repentance is not just coming down amen, and shaking the preacher's hand and saying, well, praise God, now you're saved. No, repentance is when you... It, it, really what it is, it's just a complete turnaround 
around where you put your back to that sin. But I'd like to tell you, you cannot do that by yourself. You cannot just go to AA or NA and do that by yourself. You've got to have the blood of Jesus Christ. And that only comes through an altar of prayer. That only comes whether you're in your car or whether you're at a church house or in your garage, Brother Todd. It only comes by the blood. It does not come from Muhammad. It does not come from Buddha. I'm telling you, you say, why do you believe in Jesus? Muhammad never come to me. He never washed my sins away. Buddha never come to me, says Teresa. He said, he never washed my sins away. But there was a man named Jesus. When I was about 15 or 16 years old, I went to an altar and I held out my hands and I said, here you go, take it. And I'm telling you, I've never been the same. Hallelujah. He preached repentance. Repentance is when you pray through. Amen. It's when you pray all the way through until you can get up and not just believe you're changed. Amen. It takes a lot of belief and a lot of faith. Excuse me. But it takes repentance. It takes the blood of Jesus. He preached repentance. He preached saved, if I can say it that way. He'd go through the wilderness and he'd say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We have a similar saying nowadays. We say, get saved and get right with God because Jesus is coming back real soon. Amen. It could be tonight. You hear me, brother? It could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. It could be in a week from now. But I'm telling you, we better be watching and waiting and ready for Jesus. I'm preaching to you, it's time to get out of the bed. It's time to get out of the bed of sin because you will not find God in that bed. Though you're searching for God, though you're looking for Him. Brother Jeff, i got a lot to preach and I'm going to try to hurry. Amen. You're looking for God in your sin. Though you realize this or not, amen, every look at that pornography and every smoke of that dope and every drink of that drink, I'm telling you, you're looking for a Savior. You're looking for a Lord. You're not wanting to kill yourself. You're wanting somebody to save you. Praise God. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Are you getting what I'm preaching to you? It's time to get out of the bed. You say, I've been in the sin for 37 years. How am I supposed to get out of that? I'm telling you the blood of Jesus. And you walking by faith. Amen. Even when you don't see in front of you. Amen. You can repent. And you can get free. Amen. The second thing that he preached was, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Now this is what's going to take me a while. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, you're welcome to turn with me, but you don't have to. To 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 3. I should mark them. Now I'll never find them. There it is. Thank you, Lord. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 3. It says, Who's adorning? I'm preaching, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of apparel. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 9. First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, In like manner also women, that women, that means men and women, that's not just one. In like manner also that women adorn themselves. Amen. Look, it's telling us how to adorn ourselves. And it's telling us how not to adorn ourselves. 
themselves in modest apparel, that's how to, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. You say these are contradictory. No, they're not. They go hand in hand. They go right together. These two verses right here that I just read to you, amen, they are telling us how to adorn ourselves and how not to adorn ourselves. They are telling us to adorn the inner man and not to adorn the Excuse me, outer man. They are telling us to adorn the spiritual man, but not to adorn the physical man. And it gives us, I don't know why it keeps happening, please forgive me. It gives us some examples of this outward adorning and of the inner adorning. Amen. To adorn yourselves spiritually, but not physically. It talks about gold and hairs and your hair, a way to adorn yourself with your hair. Amen. You may not wear gold, you may not wear jewels, and you may not wear pearls. But I've seen women come to church and they've or anywhere and they've got the, the gold in their hair. It's the same, very same thing. Men, you may not wear jewelry. And you may not put on a bracelet, but I've seen them get some of the biggest belt buckles or some of the biggest tie clasps. And I'm telling you, it's the same thing. Amen. This is telling us about physical. It is teaching against the, the principle of physical adornment. Amen. Uh, I'm preaching you, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Amen. I'm going to get to something here in a little while called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I'm going to try to hurry. But first... Brother Benny Sutherland preached a message. He said, the fire falls first. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The fire falls first. Not second, but first. That kind of fire is not the fire that makes you want to run around and jump up and down and say hallelujah. That may be part of it. But this kind of fire is a, 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 a purifying fire. This kind of fire is a sanctifying fire. This kind of fire is a separating fire. It's what gets inside and prepares the way of the Holy Ghost. It's what gets inside and makes you a vessel that is meat for the Master's use unto honor. That word meat, I think is what it is. It means evil. Easily used. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. It's not for you to have fun and this and that and the other. It, it, it is fun. It strengthens you. But the Holy Ghost is so you can do service for God. And the only way that we can do that effectively is if we are sanctified. This is speaking against the, the physical, if I can get it out, physical adornment. Uh, the principle is physical adornment. Now, some ways it tells us about physical adornment. Number one is jewelry. Jewelry is spoken against throughout the Bible. It is not just here. In the book of Exodus, God spoke to His people and said, Take you off your ornaments, lest I consume thee in a moment, that I may know what to do unto thee. Now, my commentary in one of my Bibles, it says, Well, that was just repentance. And that was just a sign of mourning and whatnot. But when I read the Bible, I do not see that as repentance and I do not see that as a sign of mourning. Through the Bible, when they would repent or mourn, they would either tear their clothes, shave their beard, wear sackcloth or ashes. That was the sign of repentance. That was the sign of mourning. It was not taking off their jewelry and burning them, by the way. That's what they did later for the building, amen, of the things of God. But this was, they took off their jewelry for a specific commandment of God. He said, take you 
off your ornaments. Whether it's an earring or whether it's a toe ring or whether it's a wedding ring or a bracelet or whatever it is. He said, take you off your ornaments. I'm telling you, if you want the Holy Ghost, you've got to be a vessel that's unto honor. You've got to be a vessel that is sanctified and meet for the Master's use. Take you off your ornaments. I'm preaching to you, it's time to get out of the bed. You've been in the bed for too long. You've been laying there for too long. And you're not going to find Him in compromise. Amen. You're not going to find Him where you're at. You've got to get out of that bed. Praise God. Another thing that he says here, he speaks of hair, but I'm going to go a little more into it. Amen. Because this is one of the parts. Now I want to tell you something. Holiness does not start on the outside. It didn't with me, and it's not going to with you. Holiness starts on the inside. When you get that fire that I was speaking of, when that cleansing, it starts, but it always comes out on the outside. Starts on the inside, always comes out on the outside. Another thing I'd like to talk about is hair. The Bible makes it very clear in the book of Corinthians. Excuse me. The Bible makes it very clear in the book of Corinthians. Amen. That men, it is a shame for men to have long hair. And then it says something profound in our day. It says it is a shame. Since it is a shame for a woman to cut her hair. I'm not preaching this, Brother Jeff, because I had somebody in mind while I was praying and said, you know what, I just want to haggle on them. No, sir, I'm not. I preach this because, number one, this is what the Lord gave me to preach. And number two, these are convictions that I have. Amen. I used to have the long, shaggy hair. I may not have had it down to my back, but when I got saved, brother, I went down to the, the salon that mom always took me to, you know, and I went down there and I wanted to have a haircut like the minute church had a haircut. And that was short. The Bible says that it is a shame for a man to have long hair. And then it says it is a shame for a woman to cut her hair. And it is also spoken against to jewelize, if that's a word, your hair. Amen. Another thing is dress. It says to adorn ourselves with modest apparel. Modest apparel. Now you may say, well, how modest is modest? This is pretty modest. But how modest really is modest in the eyes of God? It says it in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Amen. If I can, I'm not going to read it, but I'm, you know the story. Adam and Eve went up to the, to the fruit. They ate of the fruit. Their eyes were open and they saw that they were naked. So what did they do? They went to this fig tree and got fig leaves off and began to sew them together. And they made themselves an apron. Now, if you know what an apron is, I'm sure you do. An apron doesn't really cover much. Amen. An apron doesn't do its job as far as modesty. And God knew this. So God, I love this. God gave them, amen, a standard for modesty. God gave them modest apparel. And what did He do? He didn't get fig leaves and He didn't get oak leaves. But He got animal skin and He made them coats. Coats are not short-sleeved. Coats are long-sleeved. And they are just like Jesus was wearing in the book of Revelation. Amen. It went all the way down to the foot. Starts here, goes all the way down to the foot. That is the principle of modesty. Go read it in the book of Genesis chapter 3. He clothed them with coats. Another good thing about coats is they are not see-through. 
You cannot see through a, a coat that is made out of animal skin. And sister, I'd like to tell you in modesty and not with arrogancy. I hope you don't think I'm being mean or anything like that. Because holiness is not mean. Holiness is love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. I heard this preached when I was a young and after I got saved. Actually, I didn't hear all this preached. But the Lord began to give me convictions. Amen. I remember one time, and I'm not going to go into it. Amen. But I was watching television. Amen. And I went right there where you are, brother. I was sitting about right there. Not in this church, in another church. Never heard it preached of in that church. My friends from that church, we watched TV together. Praise God. But I was sitting about right there. And I remember the Spirit of the Lord come upon me. And He dealt with me about two or three things at that moment. And one of them was TV. It was a no. So I heard, I heard it preached at the camp meeting one time. Hollywood's of the devil. And I thought in my mind, what? But the Holy Ghost come upon me. You've got to get this thing for yourself. You can go home and just do these things that I'm preaching. But you've got to pray through about them. Because if you get them for yourself and you pray through about them and you get them, I can't talk you out of them. And Brother Jeff can't talk you out of them. Not saying he will or I will. But I'm just telling you, you've got it for yourself. Amen. Another thing, modest apparel. And another thing about apparel is God wants separation between the sexes. That is, that is separation between a man and a woman. We ought not to go to a, a, a wherever and look at somebody. Amen. I'm not saying in a lustful manner, nothing like that. I'm just saying d distinguishing whether they are man or woman. We should know the difference. Now, I'd like to ask you, I don't have to I, I I don't want to go all into this. My mind's simple, so I'm just going to be simple here. There should be a distinction between the dress in a man and in a woman. Amen. Now, brother, when you go to your favorite restaurant, amen, and you go to the bathroom, which bath I'm not talking about the new crazy stuff that they're doing. I'm talking about under normal circumstances. You go to the bathroom and you say, Now, which one am I going to go with? Well, I'm a man, so I'm going to go in the men's bathroom. Well, how do you know which one's the men's bathroom? You see, well, one says women's and one says men's. But not all the time does it say that. Sometimes it's just a little picture, brother. And sometimes it's just a little stick figure. And the only difference between those two sticky figures, between a man's stick figure and between a woman's stick figure, is the man has pants and the woman has a dress. That's the difference. The world knows the difference between men and women dress. It's not the hair on the bathroom door. It's the pants. Alright? Make sure I'm clear. Pants are for men. I get confused. Forgive me. Dresses are for women. Can I go put on a dress, Brother Jeff? No. That's exactly. I can, but it's not right. Amen. So why, does it, why do we feel like it's alright for the sister to go and put on pants? That's Right. Amen. All right. Anyhow, moving on. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. I'm telling you, you've got to get this for yourself. You can't just hear me preach about it and do it because Brother Jamie's around. Because when Brother Jamie's not around, you're not going to do it. You've got to get it for yourself. Amen. And the next thing. Oh, hold on. Yep, nope, not going to the next thing yet. Do that. All right. So uh, at my house, we live, me and my mama, we live in a. a a big field. Brother Ricky's been there. I, I think you've been there too. Yeah. We live in a big field. And uh, we're amongst a bunch of clan, a family. All right. And uh, 
across the way is my grandparents' house. Y'all with me still? Across the way is my grandparents' house. And I like to go over there a lot, you know. If something's wrong with my lawnmower and I don't have to fix it, hey, Papa, you home? So I'll go over there. You know, so the way to get over there is we used to be able to cut right through, but there's horses there now, so we have to go around. Well, to go around, we have to go through, bear with me, we have to go through this patch of woods. And through this patch of woods, there is a path, Brother Todd. I didn't cut the path, but I'm trimming the path. Amen. I'll get on my lawnmower and I'll trim that path because I know I walked through there. If the brother doesn't walk through it, he's probably not going to trim it. Amen. But there is a path, amen, that goes from my house to my grandma's house. And I'll walk that path. Well, one day, and we have a lot of problems with snakes, so I carry my garden hoe with me when I'm walking somewhere. So I was walking down this path one day, you know, just trugging along. And on the edge of this path, I didn't see him. Sometimes I pray, Lord, let me see him before they see me. Yeah. Just snakes. So I was walking down the path, and right on the edge of that path, I didn't see him. But as soon as he started moving, I caught him, and he went off. So I got my hoe, and my garden hoe, I was looking. I was kind of prodding around, and I didn't see him. And about that time, there was another one. And he went right on the edge of that path, brother and sister. I'm telling you, there is a way. But if you walk on the edge of it, brother, there is a serpent waiting right there to strike you. And I know, and I, I'm sorry, but I don't, I, don't, I don't pick them up, brother Todd. I don't touch them. I don't like doing that. Amen. I get my garden hoe or whatever I have, and I try to kill them. Amen. In a spiritual way. If you've got a snake in your life, and if you've got something in your life, you say, this ain't nothing, brother. This ain't venomous at all. This isn't nothing. I'm telling you, if I have to kill that snake, because my little uh, little cousin will walk up there, or my grandma will walk up there, and it may just give her a heart attack, and she'll die. I'm telling you, you've got to get rid of the snakes. It doesn't matter if they're venomous or not. You've got to get rid of them, because they will kill you or somebody that you love. No, this is just a baby snake. Do you know the baby snakes in the physical world is actually worse than the big venomous snakes? Because they will latch on and they don't know how to let go. So they put more in there. Amen. And I'd like to say something to you. Amen. Trying to be humble. Amen. It may be alright for you, Daddy. Amen. To go this place and that place. Amen. It may be alright for you, Mama. Amen. To go to the gospel concert. Amen. To go to the fair and the carnival. Amen. And to go to this place and that place. But I'm telling you, you're going to go there and you might can handle but your babies can't handle that. It's a gospel concert. Well, what is your babies going to do when they see that woman up there, amen, in all her sinful attire, and she says, I feel the Spirit of the Lord. They're going to come home and say, well, Brother Jeff, that sister was anointed at that place. And then what will you tell them? How will you explain that then? Amen. You might can handle it, but your babies can't handle that. You might be able to go to the fair. Maybe this is just me. You might be able to go to the carnival and the fair, but when your babies go in that kind of atmosphere, when your babies go in that kind of party and drinking atmosphere, amen, with men and women hanging up all on each other, and they get on that ride and they hear that sinful music, you might be able to handle that because you know the end result. Amen. You might be able to stand your ground against that sin, but I'm telling you, your babies can't handle being there. Your babies can't handle that sin sin. Amen. Your babies can't handle that. Amen. Glory to God. 
So I was walking down this trail and there was a snake on the side of the, side of the thing, right? I think Brother Joey Hyde preached on serpents on the boundary line. There's a church, amen, that's in America today and they're saying you don't have to walk on the edge. You can walk on the edge now. You don't have to walk down the middle of that road no more. You don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to go the way that Brother Jeff preaches. You don't have to go the way that Sister Teresa preaches. You don't have to do this and that and the other. Not preachers but teachers. She knows what I mean. You don't have to do that anymore. That's the that old fogey stuff. You don't have to live the way that grandma and grandpa lived. You can lay on the edge. You can walk on the edge. But I'm telling you, if you start walking on that edge of compromise and you start walking on that edge of backsliding, I'm telling you, there's a serpent waiting on you and he's ready to bite. Praise God. Amen. There is a way. You hear me? There is a way. And it shall be called the way of holiness. Oh, hallelujah. Come on here now. I thought this would be the quiet part. Amen on my part, but I don't feel that way right here. Amen. It shall be the way of holiness. That does not mean on the church sign. That does not mean on the billboard. That means in your life. A holiness and a separation from the world and from sin and unto God. Holiness. It shall be called the way of holiness. You say, brother, you're preaching legalism. That's just legalism. No, legalism is if I were to say, no, this is how you get saved. I already preached to you how you get saved. Excuse me. That's repentance. But this says, amen, that there shall be called a way of holiness and the redeemed shall walk there. The redeemed shall walk there. Excuse me, I don't know why that happens. This is not the way that you get redeemed. This is where the redeemed walk. This is not the way that you get saved. But this is how the saved walk. Amen. There shall be called a way of holiness. You say holiness is mean. And holiness is drudgery. And holiness is just duty. But I'm telling you, when I got saved, and God began to say, will you not wear that anymore? Will you not wear those shorts anymore? I'd say, yes, Lord. That's all right with me. I don't care. You saved my soul. You saved me from sin. You want me to do that? All right. Okay. The hardest thing for me was to go up to somebody, Brother Todd, and witness. That was the hard thing when he said, Will you go over there and be a witness? But to live the way that he wants me to live is fine. I remember wearing shorts and going to the movie theater, and I felt so naked, Brother Jeff. I felt like I was just had my underwear on. I felt like I needed to cover myself. Amen. That's called conviction. That's because the Lord was already dealing with me. That's because when you get saved, the law of God gets written in your heart. I'm telling you, the love of Jesus is very different. It is not like our love. When we love somebody. Paul said, the more I love, the less I am loved. You love somebody, but you're willing. It's just our nature. We just take and we take and we take. But when the blood of Jesus Christ comes, amen, and He gives and He gives and He gives. It is not only that I feel a debt, amen, to my Savior. Amen. It's not only I'm trying to pay Him back. That's not what it is. Yes, I feel a debt, but there is something supernatural about this relationship. There is something supernatural about this love. Amen. When the blood of Jesus comes in. It begins to write the law of God in your heart that you will want to do the things that please God. And you will do by nature the things that please Him. It shall be called the way of holiness. And it is straight and it is narrow. Not everybody's going down it. Amen. 
Not everybody's going the way of holiness. Amen. I think Brother Brandon said one time, if everybody's doing it, probably ain't right. Amen. He probably didn't use that vernacular, but he said something to that effect. Amen. If everybody's going that way, and if everybody's doing it, you say, well, Brother Jamie, everybody's doing it, Maddox. Everybody at school's doing it. So what's wrong with if I do it? I'm telling you, it's probably the wrong way. Because the way of holiness is a straight. I'm telling you, it's the straight gate. It's the broad way that leads unto destruction. It's the wide way that leads unto death. But it's the straight way, and it's the narrow way that leads unto life. Amen. Hey Amen. This is sanctification I'm preaching to you. It's time to get out of the bed. A little more, a little more, Brother Jeff. It's time to get out of the bed. You're not going to find God there. You ain't going to find God in your sin. You ain't going to find God in compromise. You're not going to find God in your bed. It's time now to get out of your bed. I'm telling you now. It's time now to get out of your bed. Praise God. And I don't know really where this fits, but I'll try to tie it in. The Bible says to put on the full armor of God. Amen. You have the helmet of salvation. Amen. That is not salvation just for today, but that is a hope of salvation. That is a salvation off in the future. Amen. When Jesus looks at me and He says, well done. Amen. That's a helmet I put on my head. Amen. Then there is a breastplate of righteousness. I believe just personally, Brother Jeff, maybe I'm wrong, but I believe this has something to do with sanctification. Amen. This is to guard our heart. This is to guard our vital organs. This is to guard our heart with all diligence. But if I can say this, and I've never heard it preached, but maybe I'm wrong, but this breastplate that we have to wear, it is not like what you see, amen, that's like this, but rather, look at me, it's like this. It is not to protect you from what's on the outside, but it is to protect your heart from what in your heart. For out of your heart flows the issues of life. It is to protect you from yourself. Amen. And then you have the sword of the Spirit. Amen. That is the Word of God. Amen. This is not... This is, hey, you've got to memorize verses. You say that's legal. Now it's not legal. Says, I'm telling you when you're in a pickle and you're in a hard spot. Amen. And you're in between a rock and a hard place. You've got a verse and a Scripture. It'll carry you through. And it'll help you fight the enemy. It's your offensive weapon. And then you had the feet. Amen. Not the feet, I'm sorry. But your feet shod. Amen. With the gospel shoes. Amen. This is the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. This is just the way I've looked at it. Maybe I'm wrong. Amen. But this is being prepared. Amen. To go out and witness. This is being prepared to preach the gospel. I'm telling you, preaching the gospel. It's not just behind the but I'm telling you, preaching the gospel. Amen. It's for all his people. He said, Go ye and preach the gospel. Amen. He said, Go ye, mama, and preach the gospel. Amen. She's a big avid. Amen. That women aren't supposed to, to preach in church and whatnot unless they're unctioned by the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, there are spe- I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, and I've told her, I told her, God may be calling you to preach. It may not be back. It may not be in a church. Oh, but it might be in a Sunday school, Sister Sheila. Amen. But it might be somewhere else. Amen. It might be the babies that sit home. Amen. God may be calling you to preach. I understand that we've got to do it in the right way, Brother Jeff. I'm not saying that. Amen. But God's calling you to do something. And you've got to get out of the bed to do it. You can't stay in your comfort zone. You can't stay where you're at. You've got to get out of the bed. Praise God. I'm sorry, Mama, I didn't mean to. 
Amen. And above all, taking the shield of faith. Amen. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith we may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Amen. The shield of faith. Amen. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. You may not see the road and you may not understand why and you may not understand where you're going. You may not understand why you're walking around this building seven times, but God said do it. And if God says do it, the walls are going to fall. Amen. There's going to be an outcome. The Word of God will go forth and it will not return void. You say, I don't understand it. Put up your shield of faith because the shield of faith is not seeing. It's trusting. Amen. Another thing that John the Baptist preached, and I'm almost done. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. I've already told you the fire falls first. The sanctification comes first. But if you're not in your bed of sin, and you're not in your bed of compromise, amen, maybe you didn't compromise, maybe you're just like me and just didn't know, amen, but if you've got out of that bed, it's time to come on a little further, amen, it's time to walk a little further. I'd like to talk to the folks that's in Mixler right now, amen, you can make an altar where you're at. I hope you can hear me loud and clear. This is for those that's in here tonight, and this is for those that's listening in. You can take your liberty right there in the living room. Amen. And make an altar right there in front of your babies. Right there on the couch. I'm telling you, He shall fill you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Brother Jeff, unlike you, I come from the Baptist church and they didn't preach this. Amen. And just as a side note, because I hear it, Brother Benny said the fire falls, then the rain falls. But uh, it's another kind of rain. Amen. I come from the Baptist church and they didn't, they didn't preach like this. They didn't talk about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They said speaking in tongues had died out with the apostles. It was long ago. It's just not for us anymore. But the Word of God never changes. The Word of God is always the same. I'm telling you, speaking in tongues. And I'd like to say this, and I know I'm jumping way afar, but speaking in tongues is the evidence for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's not running the aisles. Amen. It's not being slain in the Spirit. Amen. It's not feeling holy joy, but it is speaking in another tongue as the Spirit of God gives you the utterance. It's not when you go to your pastor, amen, and say, well, teach me how. And he says, "I oh, give me this kind of money and I'll say, no, absolutely not. It's not as you go to a tongue class. It's not as I pray beside Brother Jeff and say, oh, I just want to copy what he's doing and copy it and say, well, now I got the Holy Ghost. No, that's not how it works. It's that you're worshiping God as we've always talked about. Amen. And the Holy Ghost comes upon you and He speaks for you in another language that you've never learned. Amen. That is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you want to get a song prepared, that would be wonderful. 2017, uh, Brother Sam and, and took us to me and David to a, a holiness youth camp. Sister Corey and Sadie followed us later. Met us there later. And... Uh, I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this. For the sake of my preaching, God poured buckets out upon us. It was wonderful. 
Amen. Sister Sheila, there was a uh, there was a, a, a woman there. I tell y'all, there's a woman there, and there's a young girl. She was about my age back then. I was about 17 or so, 18, and they had to carry her out of the service. She was just slain under the power of the Holy Ghost, and she, they carried her on out. Amen. But that year, I was there, and we were up on the on the platform, and we were singing in the choir that night. And be, the, before that, I tell you this: there was a young boy there, and I have seen a change in that boy. And I kind of hope they're not listening, but if they are, hopefully they'll take it as a good thing. Uh, if y'all know the deans, there was a young one of their young boys, the deans' young boys. He he was that, and I don't mean it's in a bad way. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't say this, but just to uh, you know, understand what I'm trying to say, there was a young that young boy. There was a change in him, and. Uh, Used to, you didn't really want to be around him because he was obnoxious and it was just, it just it's that way, you know. You just didn't want to be around him, you know. But I saw a change. It was about a year or so. I saw him again, and I don't think I, maybe he didn't mature, but I think it was more than that because he wasn't sitting back there, young boys. He wasn't sitting back there at the altar. I mean, at the pew. Amen. He was up at the altar, and he had his hands lifted, and he was worshiping God and seeking God, and you could tell in his face that he was hungry for the Holy Ghost. And there was one night he came up and he was just seeking the Lord, seeking the Lord till well after the service. And I remember he had stammering of lips. He didn't quite have tongues. He had quite out the Holy Ghost. But he was moving on him. You understand? The Holy Ghost was moving on him. Amen. It's hard, amen, not to do something when the Holy Ghost is moving on you. But I'm telling you, God was blessing him. And God was encouraging him. And they'd say, come on, brother. He's with you. He's staying with you. It was well after the service. He wasn't worried about getting something to eat. Amen. After the service. He wasn't worried about the hamburgers. He wasn't worried about the fellowship. He wasn't worried about what his brothers were doing. His eyes were closed. Amen. And he was seeking God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Till well after the service. Amen. I think, I'm pretty sure, if it wasn't the next night, it was sometime after that, but it may have been the next night, but that other night, the next night or whatever it was, we were up at the altar, up at the platform, and we were singing in the choir. I don't remember what song we were singing. We were singing, and the Spirit began to move, and the kids started filing down at the altars. Amen. Just seeking the Lord. And I felt the Lord, uh, he, he was dealing with me to do something. Now, you know the Holy Ghost is given to them that obey Him. It's not just, Lord, You know where I sit and You can do it if You want to do it. No, the kingdom of God is taken by force. Amen. Is that what it says? I can't remember the verse quite right now. Amen. It's something about that. But I'm telling you, He was up at the altar. They were up at the altar. They were seeking the Lord. And He's given to them that obey Him. And I felt the Lord began to deal with me to go do something. And I thought He wanted me to do one thing and it didn't really work. But anyhow, I went and did it. Amen. And I come back to the altar. Amen. I had taken my shoes off so I shoved my shoes up under the place amen and I remember that young boy was beside me and he was doing it again I mean it was deja vu it just looked the same like he was doing it and he was seeking God he didn't say you know I got a blessing the other night so I'll let somebody else get it this night no he was seeking God again amen and he was right beside me and he was seeking the Lord and I'm telling you I, I, I didn't really plan a whole lot it's like sometimes it happens in here I don't plan it's just spontaneous and the Lord began to come on me and my hand hit him right now hit him 
but it landed right on his forehead. And I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost come upon me. And my mouth began to speak a language which I have never learned and I had never heard before. Amen. I went into a shout. Amen. And then when I say shout, I'm not really talking about with your mouth. Amen. That would be like a shout of victory or a shout of or a shout the battle or so, you know. But I'm not talking when I say shout, I mean when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and he begins to shake you and move you. Amen. In a way that you probably couldn't do yourself. I began to shout. Amen. And I fell on the floor and I opened my eyes after a few moments and them young boys was pulling me back up. I laid my hands again on that boy and the Holy Ghost fell on me again and I began to speak in tongues. I'm not saying that to be braggadocious. I'm not saying that to be vainglorious. I'm just trying to tell you that. But the Lord preached a sermon that year and He said, you've got to get to the place where you say, I feel like I've got to have the Holy Ghost or I feel like I'm going to die inside. And He'd ask us a question. He'd say, are you here yet? He'd say, are you there yet? He'd say, are you here yet? I'm telling you, are you to the place where you've got to have the Holy Ghost? Amen. Filling your vessel. Or you feel like you're going to die inside. Amen. I'd come to church, Brother Jeff, sometimes. Amen. I don't even know if I was saved. And I'd come into church and I'd see the... Not here, another place. And I'd see the Holy Ghost moving on this one man. And he'd shout. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost would move him. And I remember as a young man, I'd look at that man and I'd say, that's not him doing that. That ain't him. Amen. At a young age, I saw the Holy Ghost moving. Young kids, listen to me. Amen. When when we're up here shouting, worshiping God, I want you to see something. And I want you to mark in your mind that what they have is better than anything in this world. David said, Thy loving kindness is better than life. Amen. You may not have tasted of it. And you may not have experienced how bad it gets and how sorrowful sin is. Because the devil will make you see it. And he'll say, It looks all right. It looks good. Why don't you come up and partake? Just to sip, just to look, just to smoke, just to this and that and the other. But there is a sorrow that comes with that. And there is an end death that comes with that. The devil can offer you all that he has. But when the Lord offers you something, it is just a taste. I said it is just a taste. Amen. You cannot compare the two. Amen. Because even if you compare it, the taste is better than what the devil has to offer. Amen. I got so hungry, amen, for that, what they call the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching to you, it's time to get out of the bed. Well, that's for them, that's not for me. No, ma'am, no, sir. Be not drunk with with wine, wherein it's excess, but be filled. Amen. That says be filled. That does not say if you want to be filled. Amen. It's not a drudgery thing, but I'm telling you, it says be filled with the Spirit of God. Amen. Be filled with the Spirit. I was in church service one day, and I'm, I'm, I'm planning on quitting after this. And I remember I wasn't even saved. And I was, I was about right back there where y'all are, just kind of standing there. And we were having a shouting service. Or they were. I wasn't. And I was just watching. Amen. I was just, you know, you know, there's some folks that come in here. And I'm not trying to be mean, but, you, but whether they're in here or not, I don't know. They'll come in and they'll just... You know, and the Spirit of God is moving. Amen. Like, like no, and I'm saying they're just, you know. And I was back there. I, was, I guess I was one of them. 
And I wasn't even saved. And this man, I don't know who he was, never talked to him before, I don't know his name, didn't tell him nothing about my life, I don't even think I was saved. The man was right beside me, and he, he was shorter than I am, so he looked up at me. He said, do you feel like you're called to preach? Wasn't even saved. For some reason I said, I think something like this, I think so. And he looked at me and he said something I hope I never forget. He said, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I was just a young Baptist boy, so I pictured baptism in water behind the church, you know, being dunked, you know, and oh, okay, you know, and that was about it. But I'm telling you, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You say, brother, I'm not a preacher. I'm not going to do anything like that. But God's calling you to do something for Him. Amen. And you're not going to be able to stay sanctified for too long if you don't have the Spirit of God. Amen. Ungrieved and unquenched, moving through through your vessel, filling your vessel. Amen. I'm done. You want to do it? I'm preaching to you it's time to get out of the bed. So whether you need to get out of your bed of sin and repent, or you need to get out of your bed and get sanctified, maybe you've compromised. Amen. Maybe you picked up some things and you put them down. Maybe you prayed through it an altar one day and you said, mm, I don't know about that. That's a little too hard or whatever. So I'm just going to put it down. And that's backsliding. That's sin. Amen. That's compromise. And not the good kind of compromise. It's a bad kind of compromise. So maybe you're there. Or maybe you're past those two and you're not in those beds. Maybe you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I'd like to say something here. And I'm quitting. I've preached too long. I know I have. I hope you're still with me. Amen. But if you have all those and you're out of the bed, I understand we're in a COVID pandemic. Amen. So if you don't feel comfortable with it, then fine. But I'm telling you, there is a ministry of laying on the hands. Amen. If you have the Holy Ghost. Amen. And somebody comes up here and they're seeking God. You don't have to get them and throw them on the floor, but you can lay your hands upon them. And the Holy Ghost. I'm not trying to be fanatical and I'm not trying to be charismatic, but you look in the Word of God and you see how the disciples sent out those that already had the Holy Ghost out to those new believers. Amen. That the Holy Ghost had fallen upon none of them and they laid their hands on them. So if you need one of those, if you need to get saved, I want you to come on right now. If it makes you feel any better, let's all stand. Let's all stand. If you need to get saved tonight, if you're doing things that you know displease God, or maybe you just need to make sure. There's been many times at an altar where I just needed to go and say, God, is my name really in the book? Is it still in the book? Because you know, unlike the Baptist preach, the Word of God teaches us, amen, that God can blot your name right out of the book of life. So it's an alright thing to come and just to make sure. But say you're sure. And you say, I need to be sanctified. I want you to come on right now while I'm talking. I want you to find a place at this altar or find a place at your seat, wherever you feel comfortable. I want you to come on. Or maybe you are sanctified. And you say, I need to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. Maybe you say, I need to get the Holy Ghost. I want you to come on right now. And I want you to seek the Lord. Amen. Right now. Everybody, let's come. Amen. And if you see somebody over to your left or your right, and they're praying. Why don't you lay your hand on them and pray for them. Amen.
Yeah.